You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vault Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. Join us, Reed Bacon. Um, let's hit the elephant in the room, and I've shaved my face. Uh, for those people who have watched on YouTube, can see uh, for a nice Halloween costume uh, yesterday. But we are here to talk about Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, disappointing loss, um, really kind of fell apart in the second half. So we're breaking all that down and figuring all that out before we get into any of it. Reed, how are we doing, bud? Uh, yeah, speaking of elephants in the room, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that elephant before we got into the tide elephant. That's, uh, I yeah, told, I think I it told, would be pretty shocking, shocking for people. I, I can't wait to see what, uh, some of my clients and coworkers say on Monday. I mean, I told you, you look like a damn 12 year old. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I put didn't the have a face like the, this until like when we first became friends, like sophomore year of high school. Put put your hat backwards. We'll see if that helps it at all. I don't think it's going to. I mean, look at the young king. <laughs> Boy, boy came. Boy just came straight off a night of uh, staying up late play, playing Xbox and eating uh, pizza rolls. That's right. Still I, a child. I, I um I remember I was living in Nashville, so this was a couple of years ago, and I have a baby face too, but I can't grow the real good facial hair like you do. But I I decided you know one time to shave all this and keep the stash. It, it wasn't bad, but then one time I decided to shave the stash and keep this. And I was almost embarrassed to go out in public how bad it looked. So, yeah, the chin strap into the neck beard. Like, I mean, I I rocked the chin strap for, I mean, like good two, two and a half years. Um, yeah. And now I look back on it, I'm like, golly, that's bad. Yeah, we all we all have those times of, uh, you know, what the, the what were we thinking. But I do respect – how you and the missus go all in for Halloween each year. And you texted me, you're like, should I shave it? And I said, yes, but no. And uh, <laughs> so I guess I hope it was worth it. I mean, the, the, the costume looked great. I saw it on your, on your Insta, but uh, anyways, I, I really just, uh, I don't know why Kyler, I just wasn't super pissed or upset. Uh, after the game last night, I think it was because of how I went in to this game. Yeah. I was very nervous or excuse me. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I was very, um, well, I don't know. I was just expecting us not to play maybe well. Like I didn't really know what to expect because the last time I saw us on a real home, I mean, excuse me, a real road environment in, in the swamp, it, it went terrible. Um, and there were some times where we've looked decent at home and there's times we haven't. So when you are with an inconsistent team and you're going on the road to play probably the you know best team you've played all year, yeah. is, there, is there really a reason to get? And so I also didn't let myself get into the trap of, 
oh, we played so good in the first half. That means we're going to win or play that well all game. Now, don't get me wrong. I was very excited. I mean, I was celebrating and I was fired up. But I always knew, like, they're going to punch back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to take some swings and, and, and let's see how. So I was in a really good headspace yesterday watching it with my dad. And, um, and, I, and I feel like I have some really, really good nuggets. I really took a lot of time watching this game back. I'm actually still watching some of it as we as we do this, because when we had this when when it was a strip sack pickup fumble, I I said I, I so it was just all I was all that was here was my dad and I were watching it outside, and then Megan and my mom were inside just yapping, yeah. And, and Megan and I were both hungry, and so when that thing when I saw, I said, "Hey, let's go eat." And I and I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch them celebrate. And granted, they were still. I don't know what five, six, seven minutes ago. So I was, I was making sure on radio, like, mm-hmm. hey, if we score, I'll, I'm gonna lock back in, make sure if we get a stop. But it didn't get to that point. Anyways, I've rambled enough. Um, yeah. What did What did you think? I um, I tried to set my expectations going into it as well. I I really did believe I was like, okay, this might be a close game, but I don't think we can win this. Um, I just didn't think we could score enough points. And that's an, that's exactly what happened. Um, I will say the first half got my hopes up uh, and made me feel like we can do this. And mostly because of the defense, right? Like because of the defensive performance, not necessarily offense, because offense got down there, stopped, got down there, stopped, kicking field goals, barely gets that pass off to Castle. We score a touchdown. The defense was the one, I mean, absolutely just going bananas in the first half. Um, and playing really well and just making Alabama uncomfortable. So I feel like that was kind of what was put in my mind to like positive thoughts. And then it just like comes crashing down, uh, which was really tough. But I mean, I'm with you. Like when that, when that sack fumble happened, I was just, I just kept saying brutal, brutal. That is just the work, like, we're in it. We're still there. It's a one-score game. We're fine. We can do this. And then it's just over in a matter of a couple seconds. Um, it uh, and it, you know, I, you know, I told my dad, hey, like one possession game here. Defense, defense held him to some field goals. It's still a one possession game. Unfortunately, right. unfortunately, the momentum did not allow it to feel that way. No. And and. You know, I agree with you that how well the defense played in the first half. I mean, Bama acted like they had no answer at all on on offense. And and then on defense, they didn't have an answer until the red zone, which is the most important part. But, I mean, Tennessee had them in – when I tweeted out, Tennessee had them in the spin cycle. I mean, we were bang, bang, here, there. It was the perfect amount of – um, a little bit of run, a little bit of pass, a little bit of misdirection, a little – I mean, yeah. people, and, and people are executing. So – it was great. I don't want to allow myself eighth grade read, high school read, even some college read to come back and be like, oh, this game should be 21-0. And then just – and that just eats me up. And I'm like, I'm so bummed because I was really bad about that when I was younger. Now yeah. I re- now I realize like, hey, like they're really good, you know, and we're playing them at home and, you know, we it's, it's not perfect. Now, you know, granted, last year, two years ago, we would jump up on teams like that and – 
I, I would allow myself to say, hey, instead of being 13-0, I wish it was 17 or, you know, just I and and I'll and I'll stop here uh and and after I say this. And it was one of the things that I I was hoping to see in the second half. I just felt like we didn't get to take the momentum back in the second half. And 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 the touchdowns were what I was wanting in the first half just to keep momentum, to keep that entire team, coaching staff, and fan base just really, really tight. I mean, mm-hmm. we in <coughs> – I thought Bama – I thought – I actually thought even though we either stopped them or they didn't execute, I thought some of the play calls in the first half by Tommy Reese were like – I saw what he was trying to do. Yeah, and it, for sure. And it, and it made sense. And then mm-hmm. in the second half, same thing. And this game was very much a, um, a – It's I mean, it's a big game. And so you have to – and you're on the road. You have to take that momentum back. And I felt like momentum played a big game in this one, in my opinion. I do too. And it's really hard to try and take that back when you're away. Um, oh, it's and tough. It's, yeah. it's, it's why if those were touchdowns in the first half and it's 28 to 7 going into half, like if it's more than, than you know, what it looks like, it, it very much feels – I guess Bama's out of it. Like fans would start to kind of give up and they wouldn't be in the game as much. Well, let me, let me say this. If it's, if it's, I mean, obviously 28 zeros or 28 seven is an unbelievable feeling, but even if it's 24 seven, what happens is, is, you know, Bama's still going to come back out in the half after halftime and fight, but it really, really chops down on how many times Tennessee has to make a stop because they are so th- – th- th- their back is so against the wall that mm-hmm. if you literally get, like, one or two stops early in the third, and you don't even have to go score again, but if you can just flip field and kind of chew that clock up, then you look yeah. up and it's third quarter with six minutes to go, and it's like, holy shoot, man, we're still down 24-7, 24-10. And so that's where that – it's just that – it's that mind game. It's that momentum game. So Yeah, exactly. It just gives you a little more leeway if there are mistakes. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So before we jump into offense and defense and talking about all that stuff, and I still want to try and keep the podcast around an hour because I know we went pretty long last week. Um, let's talk about the refs. So, obviously, we get on this show and we talk, me and you, about how you can't blame the refs on a game and you can't put in the refs' shoulders and you really got to go out there and compete. But there is a consistent issue with refs and them just not calling a game like they should call a game. They're just not consistent. That I don't know what it is about it. And it's gone past the, oh, I'm a fan, I'm complaining. Like someone straight up asked Heupel in the postgame presser what he thought about the calls by the ref and being one-sided. And Buddy just had to stand there in silence and give him that treatment. And you know he wanted to say all the things that I'm saying, but he couldn't. Um, There's... Now, a consistency. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's now a, oh, it happens a lot over 
and over and over. And honestly, like, I think the best thing really would to, would to be make the refs paid employees, pay them a living wage to be a ref. Do not have them have other jobs. I want this to be their entire job because they can lose it if they are not performing well. There is no checks and balances for any ref. It does not matter um, what happens if they make a mistake, if they don't make a mistake. <coughs> so where's the motivation? Where is the motivation to do a good job in anything that you do if there are no ramifications for what, what happens? There's, there's none. They don't have to do a good job. It doesn't matter. And that is not right. Like, it needs to matter that they need to do a good job. Um, so, I mean, I'm just really fed up. There was just a lot of missed opportunities. And we we talk about, you know, us not scoring in the red zone. But then I can pull up three or four plays with pass interference slash holding of our guys in the end zone. Um, we talk about giving up touchdowns on defense in the end zone. But I can pull up three or four plays of their guys just absolutely – ragdolling our defenders and holding them like they're trying to give them a bear hug. And it's very hard for me to say this team is not good enough to be Alabama. Coach Heupel is not a good enough coach to be Alabama. These players are not good enough compared to Alabama's players. When I see inconsistencies like that from refs, it's just, it doesn't matter what I do. If you're not going to call a holding call, then I'm screwed. It doesn't matter what I do. If you're going to call something on me, even if I'm not actually getting in the way, then I, I don't know. Like there's just plays out there that you see where it, it doesn't matter what kind of technique is run. And if you put yourself in the right spot, it's like someone cheated. That's why they have it there. That's cheating. <laughs> and uh, they get away with it. Yeah. I, I, would love so i'm right with you i would love if the nfl and if college just had full-time refs I, I i'm okay my dad was beside himself yesterday he he let it get him under the skin with the refs i mean it was he was furious and i just i guess i was in a good headspace because i said it, it is what it is i mean it's Kentucky basketball, it's Duke basketball, it's Alabama football, you know, unfortunately. And, and, and you said today when we were talking on the phone, you was like, that that shouldn't be a thing. And and I agree with you, but unfortunately, we live in a world where things are things that shouldn't be things. And so, you know, my thing is, A, I would love that. And the, and the other thing is, too, if it's true, and I, I didn't stay on social media long, well, I didn't do it right after the game. I got a little bit towards the, like, later in the night, I looked at it for a little bit, not, not much. But if the head referee is really a real estate agent in Tuscaloosa, and that guy could have not been the one making bad calls, and he could be – as straight down the middle. Heck, we don't know. I mean, he could be an Auburn fan. I mean, and his and he's married to somebody and they live in Tuscaloosa. You don't know, but the optics are are atrocious. I mean, absolutely. And I would say the same thing if it was a uh, in Knoxville and the guy, you know, worked at Clayton Holmes. You Definitely, know, because it, it's it's not the fact that he lives there. It's not the fact that he works there. It's that he's going to have clients that are Alabama fans. And like if he calls a game and calls penalties, 
it could affect his job. His real job could be affected by the penalties he calls on the field. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. I, if I had been Coach Heupel, I would have taken the opportunity. Let, let me say this. So I just like when I go back and watch film and watch watch the game, and you're like, hey, never as bad, never as good as you think. Mm-hmm. I know that the rest, you know, the the one where it's, hey, hey, he's doing this to try to get Aaron, Elijah Heron's doing that to try to get Aaron Beasley. If that's a rule, that's a rule. It seems like it probably doesn't get called often, and then it's like it does get called, and if it's a technically right thing to call, it's like we don't really have a way to say it. It just the optics aren't great when it's Alabama versus Tennessee, and it's a free first down. So, but but then again, if that's a rule, that's a rule. I don't I don't like that rule. Maybe you use some judgment to say like he wasn't doing that to try to create a snap like you could see him looking at his dude like hey because he might not even been able to try to get his attention that could literally be like a like a check like hey right here you know or whatever yeah um so i hated that one and and the fair catch one i thought if you do do a fair catch i thought that it was you get the ball to 25 or 20 or 25. Is that the NFL and not college or what am I missing? I think it might be the NFL um, and not college, but the fact that that was called when the guy not returning the ball makes the symbol is completely wrong because say D was 10 yards more forward. Say he was standing on the 10 yard line. Cam Selden's not going to see it. If D is standing on the 10-yard line and he makes that call, what is the difference between saying that is a blocker, not a returner? Yeah. What it, what is the di- what yeah. is the difference of my three men that are standing just back? Because technically, if the ball is short, they can call fair catch and catch it where they're at, right? If it's a little pooch kick, they can call fair catch. So you're telling me every single person on kickoff can catch can call fair catch and catch the ball so that means none of my guys on kickoff return can put their arms out to the side yeah for the entire play that's bullshit they can no one fucking calls it because it's bullshit rest don't call it because it's a crazy thing to try and do that means you would hold every single person on kickoff return accountable for that if you're holding D accountable, who's not returning the ball, you got to hold all other nine guys that are sitting there accountable for it. So they can't put their arms out to the side. They can't raise one arm up. And and the other thing is too is there's times where you'll see two like there's two guys back, but one's in front of the other, and they're kind of stacked. Yeah. And, and they take the the returner, they take his decision out mm-hmm. of it, and the blocker's the one that's like, hey, 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 stay in, or he'll turn and block. These guys are spread apart. And I, not to brag, Kyler, but when your boy was on kick return, because I was about as fast as Tyreek Hill. <laughs> anyway. When was this? When you're about seven? No, I was not. I Listen, I, your boy's never been fast. But um, no, I think I did. I returned kicks in high school or in middle school and in high school, like freshman and sophomore. And I was terrified as a junior. And I was the up back 
for uh, Jordan Awanis, and I don't know who maybe the other guy returning it was, but there was a, there was a playoff game and it was raining, and they 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 squibbed it right at your boy, and it was I think it was our actually our junior year playoff game against like Kingston or someone. It was raining, and I was they squibbed it right at me, and I was like about to diarrhea everywhere, shaking in your boots. Yeah. Put it out of your boots, Ted. Um, <laughs> anyways, when when I was catching them and trying to return them, I can promise you I was never looking at the guy opposite. When you're back there and you're watching and you see it starting to come in your way, you're not looking at anything else but this ball. And so Cam Seldon has no idea. None. What, so so the, there's a flag because someone called fair catch and someone else ran it. It wasn't even Cam Seldon doing it and then running it. That that that's a that should also be a flag. But the thing the thing about it is, like you said, it's not called because it's so dumb. And if it is another technicality where we are and all of Tennessee is arguing about it, they could be having their officiating means. They're like, hey, yeah, good call. Like by the by the law of the book, good call. Like you called it correct. That it's just it's just a tough, 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 tough dynamic. And yeah. I like last year the refs, they let the boys play. This year, it's just like, hey, we, we didn't let the boys play, but it's unfortunate because they might be getting a pat on the back for calling it correctly. And that's that's what it is. So maybe it's you gotta get rid of, of the rule. You know, I don't know. And you know what? If they are getting a pat on the back for calling it correct, please make a fucking statement about it. Please make a statement that this was a correct call. We reviewed it. This is the rules. This is why it happened. So people can fucking understand yeah, and not be just absolutely pissed off. I mean, it's just, there's no explanation for anything that ever happens. There's no discipline for anything that ever happens. There's no accountability. So what's the fucking point of having them out there? Like, yeah. And last, last thing I'll say on this, I was going to, I was getting to it and then got sidetracked, but <clears throat> You know, you go back and watch film, and so it, it was it was bad. Now, is this the worst uh, penalties that's been called against Tennessee since Heupel's been here? I don't know. <clears throat> but if this is just me personally, if I was Heupel and I, I would either, if my emotions got the best of me and I did it after the game, then it might happen then. It might be the next day or this week when I give my presser, but I, at some point, am going to take, and I remember when, um, dang it, I forgot it, the name of it, the, the name of the coach at the time. He's not the Grizzlies coach now, but it was a playoff game, and the Grizzlies were playing the Spurs, and there were some really, really bad calls against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were still, this is like, you know, we're, not the Spurs. We're still a little bit younger in the process, and the Spurs are getting all these calls. And, um, and dang it, I can't remember his name, but the coach comes in. He's like, I might be a rookie head coach, but y'all ain't going to rook us. Remember, it kind of went viral. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I'm using at least one opportunity, knowing that I'm getting fined. You know, Heifel makes tons and tons of money. Danny White might even cover the, the fee form. I, I don't know. But if I have that situation financially, it's almost like when a basketball coach takes the technical or gets thrown out on purpose to try to back his team, try to get them fired up. At some point, I'm if I'm hypo, like I said, whether it's emotions of the game or later in the week, I'm going all in. 
I'm pushing everything all in. And if they hit me for 15 or 20K, I don't give a damn because I'm going to say something has to change. Something has to be better. And I'm going on my rant, like you said, Mm -hmm. and I'm calling out Greg Sankey. Like I'm calling him out and I'm going to say, Greg, I know you're not pumped about this. I know we can have this conversation. And uh, are you there? Looks like it's going in and out a little bit. No, yeah. Okay. I'm saying, Greg, I know I got your number. I know I can call you, but I got to do this publicly because I'm standing up for my team and I'm standing up for this university. Some Something's got to change here. And, and to finish this off, the call that made me the most mad, honestly, yesterday was the third nine, and they called defensive holding on Gabe Judy Alley. That, that is the, ridiculous. That is the one that sent me over the edge because that's not a technicality. That's not one that they can say, hey, that got right. If you go and watch Alabama play defense and some other good defensive teams over the years in college and in NFL, whether it was Bill Belichick's DBs, whether maybe it was some of the Legion of Boom guys, whether it's LSU or Florida or, like I said, Bama over the years, and they got these dog uh, DBs, they all get the little veteran calls of they'll hook you They'll 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 be coming to break on a ball and they'll they'll have an arm behind you and swap and slap with or slap with the left mm-hmm. and it's like yeah Nick Saban coaches those guys up great like da 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 like I, I did all that stuff and if I got away with it then I'm going to continue doing it but to call Gabe on one quick small tug that he then let go that then the ball was also uncatchable to not call the one where McCollin Castle's getting. He the, he broke inside. The guy hooks him, and instead of just hooking him and re, and returning his body, he kept that arm on on uh, on, on Castle's hip, and then had the hand up. It's like that was the one that really sent me over the edge. Is like, yo, like if 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 we're, if you're gonna let them play on D, you gotta let us play D. And and like I said, the pass wasn't even catchable. That's the one that did me in. And that's the one that I would have been really pissed about because that's a big play in the game. It's third and nine. I mean, we're trying to get a stop. And it's, it's, it's Gabe Judy Lally has one hand extended and his hand, say the holding is happening. It's not like it comes away from the body. There's the Jersey doesn't even come off of Trey Burton. It's literally just like this. Like it doesn't move. It stays right there. That is how little he was holding him. He held yeah. him on his chest and let go. While you have the Castles one, you have the play breakdown and Joe tries to hit squirrel on a dig on in the front of the end zone and guy is just on top of him before the ball gets there. You have the yeah. fourth down where uh, squirrel or I think it was Jalen like tries to run the corner or squirrel tries to run the corner and the DB changes his route. He changes his speed and the way he's running by grabbing a hold of him. There, there's yeah. no denying that he slows him down and changes his direction. That's a penalty, but he didn't even change Trey Burton's direction. He was still running his route. It really didn't even affect Trey at all. To and give it. to get it, then just say if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. You might miss one. You're not going to miss five. You're not. Gonna, yeah, that's crazy. You're not going to miss six. It just. It just. It just it just leads it to where either Tennessee or other teams have to play a legitimately perfect game to beat them. Not, and not to not to take anything away, like I said, it's Alabama. Like good coaching, really good at talent, athletic players. But it's like 
like I said, just keep it fair. You know, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if, if I am trying to rush the edge off you and they're not keeping it fair, I have I don't have it, I don't have a chance. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, anyways, let's uh let let's move on to roller coaster offense. Let's let's yeah. hear let's jump on the offensive side, you know. Um I think we can kind of go holistic. We can pull out some plays that we liked, but well, I have a, you can go holistic. I got a bunch of plays. So yeah. Um let's just start at the beginning of the game. Yeah. I honestly liked kind of liked the little attitude of coming out in black cleats and black gloves. Like I thought it was kind of like a statement to say, like, all right, I know you guys are all traditional, like we'll fucking do it too. And when they first came out, I thought they were playing really physical football. Um, really wanting to hit Alabama which I was like, perfect. That's yeah. exactly what you need to do. Set the tone, set, set what's going to happen. Um, Hold on real quick. They wore the black cleats because they're wearing black gloves and they're wearing black go- gloves because Alabama's wearing red. So it doesn't stand out as much as wearing white. That's why they did it. But I do love the fact that they came out hitting. Yes. Anyway. Um, but came out hitting very exciting first half, lackluster second, but there's things in the second half of, one guy missing his opportunity or a penalty that really should have been called that took away the drive. Um, and one penalty that set us back that really just determined the drive <laughs> in the second half. Uh, so it's a lot of things of just mental errors. It can, can cause that. Um, but as we start, I like working the sidelines, right? We run, the little swing pass to Jalen, the first play. It's an extension of the run game. We're getting to the side. Then we run the little little screen to Squirrel, um, just getting on the sidelines, making them spread out because they're loading the box, right? We're trying to spread them out. Um, then we got to run by Joe, and I love that. I like I like to see Joe run. Sometimes I don't know if Joe knows how to run. Seems very awkward for him. Um, and we'll get into some of those plays later where I don't know what he's thinking while he has the ball in his hand. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing he is thinking. Maybe he shouldn't think. Maybe. Uh, but that third play was a great blitz pickup by Jalen Wright. And then Joe scrambles and trucks the buddy. And it's like, all right, here we are. Here we go. We can do this. And it honestly is a great drive all the way down the field. I think Hypel putting in the comeback routes because he's expecting man is good for Joe because it's like wide receiver come back, adjust back to my ball. It's really hard for him to miss because he's like almost taught throw it short, shorter than you think. It's hard for him to overthrow guys like that. Um, So I thought it was just good, but you know, then you see some Joe things like play action pass slant to squirrel. It's behind him. Squirrel's got to make a really good catch uh, to try and get that first. Um, but you see Joe make a perfect throw to squirrel for the touchdown. Um, exactly where he needed to put it, exactly where no one else would be able to catch it, only squirrel, and squirrel just makes an incredible play. Um, so like I said, roller coaster. It I mean, I'm like, oh, that's great. No, that's not so great. No, that's great. No, I don't know about that. Um, but finished with a touchdown right away. Uh, and we were texting with one of our buddies, Ryan. And it was like, oh, yeah, here we are. But we remember what happened in Florida. We remember that first drive and then nothing. So let's calm. Let's stay calm. It Well, it's I actually had forgotten that 
personally, I've forgotten that we drive drove down the field so well against Florida, but yeah. Then he brought that up, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, good point." Anyways, uh, Kyler, I thought, I thought Heupel's play designs, the little wrinkles that I noticed the second time around. He's got Squirrel in it as an H back. Yeah. On the on the very very first play, he has Squirrels and H back, and he pulls Squirrel to just run run a go. So you literally have, um, I don't remember if that one he motioned the H back of Jacob back over to that side but when the ball snapped you have john campbell your left tackle you have a uh, squirrel right right behind him and then you have jacob Bourne behind him and so that safety and that nickel and that backer have to do that and so when it's take when they say you know hike and snap the ball and you see squirrel white one of the fastest guys on the field release behind big john campbell and just take a streak i'm telling you a lot of people's eyes are going there so then that that little wrinkle then also gives hopefully some more time for just instead of just doing a little swing route and having the H back out there blocking, like, no, let's do that. And then he comes back to it later in the game, which I'll talk about. You've already said it night, really, really nice uh, blitz pickup by Jalen. Uh, some of our running backs, man, they're, they're smaller and we know how hard they run, but besides how hard they run, they'll stick their damn necks in there and, and block their ass off. And, the next drive, Jabari had almost the exact same look where he picked up a blitzing linebacker. It was incredible. Yeah. there. It's That's probably in all of football, in all of football, that's probably one of the ones that test your manhood the most. It, when, you, when you're a running back and you have to step up and you know most of the time the person's going to be bigger than you and they have a full start and you're sitting waiting on them, that's where you, that's where you, you check your nuts. Um and see who's about that life. But mm -hmm. uh, anyways, um, yeah, great job by Joe to get out of the pocket and then to finish a run. And Malachi Moore, I think that guy's name, like, you're an idiot. They're, just get up and, and line back up. You're running your mouth. You got body bagged. Like, I mean, you have nothing to say. No, nothing. Um, no. Third one is um, – Oh yeah, and so this is a thing that I that I thought, Kyler. This, when we kind of get going that tempo and we get a short yardage, third and one, third and two, and it's just the casual. Hey, we still got two out on the right, two out on the left, or two by one. Bring the H back in, then we run it. That those are the ones where we are very, very efficient, very effective on short yardage because it's that defense is still. Hey, we still got the pace going. They're still maybe only five in the box because we're spread out. They don't know what's going to happen. And then mm -hmm. we usually pick those up. And it's where we maybe slow things down or like we've talked about before when you bunch them in. And that's where some of the issues can come in um, on, you know, on the on the short yardage, which we'll talk about. Yeah. The, th this happened multiple times, Kyler, that we scored or we had a chance to score and like three people were owing. It Chaz Nimrod was wide open. Wide open. Touchdown. I mean, mm -hmm. he Joe had his pick of who he wanted to go to. So, you know, then you got then you got third and nine, and I love that quick screen. Jalen once again worked his way up from the backfield to pick up, and he did an outstanding block. Ollie did a good job working his block. The guy who made the tackle was an edge player who's coming off the edge on John Campbell. And he just recognized it really quickly and made a darn good play. And I guess the only thing you can say in film is like, hey, John, like if he gets a step closer and you can get your hands on him, you gotta you gotta grab him for a second and hold him up because if not, 
in a play like that, I mean, kudos to the Alabama guy, but if, if, if that guy doesn't make that tackle, I mean, Squirrels, Squirrels got a lot of green grass in front of him. Exactly. Because, that was like, hey, good job. They made a good play. What, yeah. what can you do as an – like, got they got us off the off the field. So Yeah, and and like I said, Ollie and Jalen did their parts. So, I, yeah. you know, kudos to them. Um, so that one, that, that was at third and nine, that screen of squirrel got us off the field. We got the ball back again. Um, this is the I, option. Yeah, this is the option. I really liked it. Like I liked an option look. I've always liked the option play in general. Um, Jabari just putting his fucking head down and trucking a dude again, setting the tone. We're, we're here to play. I, I'm, I'm hitting you. Uh, over on the sideline. Um, then he gets a blitz pickup. The very next play, just incredible blitz pickup. Uh, Ramel catches the ball, and he's it's like, oh, yes, he's finally caught one, makes a move, gets a first down. And that's like, all right, we're, here we go, here we go. Um, we run the option again, and Ollie Lane does an incredible job reaching a four-eye from a guard position, which is very difficult. So the defensive lineman is outside of him, and he reaches <laughs> the option. For some reason, Joe's head, like, just hit a, a mess up because as he's run the option, he's like, uh, do I take this or not? And then kind of, like, throws it back to Jabari for, like, a two-yard gain. But it was blocked incredible. Like, Joe should have just held it himself, taken himself, get as many yards as he could, Probably could have got seven or eight just lowering his head and going forward. And um, it, it's funny because the first time they did it, Joe played the first option. He ran it perfect. to a T perfectly. He he held it to the very, very last minute. He held the defender like he's supposed to. He pitches it off. He had some pretty good blocking. So, yeah, then it was weird because you're right. It's it's like he, he, he just glitched up. The, the third and eight, that was the easy pitch and catch. I love it was another one where Hypel just designs the the stem and he has the little route and the mm. inside shade. You know, if you're gonna give Squirrel White an inside shade and like you're gonna I mean, you would hope that a call a good college quarterback and good college receiver could catch that nine and a half out of ten times. Yeah. It's an out route. It's and an if out you're route. Gonna, you're going to go inside shade. You're giving us exactly what we want. Exactly. Uh, it should it should be able to be completed. Um, so you have the out route. Then you get a holding call and Mincy backs us up. Then we run the ball with Sampson. He makes a great spin move, breaking tackles, get fighting for that first down. Um, he's such a little squirrely dude. I, I, lo I love that about him. He's not the guy that I necessarily want in the backfield on fourth and short. I love, I love him. I, I think he's a great player. But if I'm wanting to just churn and try and push a pile forward, I'd probably pick Jabari or Jalen over, I disagree. over I disagree. Dylan Sampson. I, I disagree. The, the reason I disagree is because Jalen hits a hole. I mean, um, Dylan Sampson hits the hole faster than any of them. He just does. I and, think Jabari hits it the fastest. Well, I, I listen, when you got it, Dylan, for his size, he hits it so fast and he breaks at least one tackle. It's funny. Jabari can make a guy miss, 
Jalen usually breaks at least one, but Dylan's kind of the mix between the two because he's it seemed you know he's probably faster than Jalen, but then he's I, I personally feel like he has better um, he's just not nor, not durable, but he's just got better balance than Jabari. I mean the first guy never takes Dylan down, so I don't mind it if it's fourth and one. I know Dylan's going to grab it, hit it as hard as he can, and he's usually going to make at least one guy. Like for as little as he is, he fights really hard and has really really good balance. So I personally don't mind it. Yeah. Well. Agree to disagree, I guess. Um, so, yep, he uh, gets that first down. We're moving down the field. Uh, we try and throw that ball to Dante, and he drops it. Um, Dante has been quite a uh, disappointment, I would say. I mean, like, I don't want to, like, put a label on the guy, but we were expecting some big things from him coming in, and I just haven't seen anything from him. And the plays that have gone his way, they've been a good amount of drops, um, not much happening there. So I don't know if Dante is going to be the answer. Um, but uh, then we got Dylan running again, turning his legs. And we run the option again down towards the goal line. And it seems like Joe glitches again. Or he's overthinking it. He, you know what he did? He got scared to go outside? No, he predetermined what he was doing. Exactly. He just said, I'm taking it myself. I'm going to go right here. And there was nothing there. So he ran yeah. to the back of a pile. If he continues, it's a good play. It's probably a touchdown. Yeah. But Buddy just said, no, nah, I'm doing it this way. That's, um, what, that's what happens when these guys that uh, they're like, I'm him. I'm going to be him right here but they don't let the play come to them. You have to wait until the play presents itself. Then you become the dog and you are a dog because you're executed and do it right. You don't right before the play say, Hey, this is what I'm going to do because that's not how it's drawn up. And and you never know what's going to be blocked. That's why you don't choose who you're throwing to right before the play. And so let me say this. I want to backpedal real quick because we had the first and 20, and I, I don't know if the, this this thing was glitching um, and the internet wasn't working, but the first and 20 and the QB draw, we mm. everyone loves that play. And it was – Joe did a pretty good job in how we've talked about his running. And I'm not I'm not beating him up. I mean, this this is just fact. Like, everyone – like, I you know, he played much better th- this game. There was still yeah. some th- missed. So it's not personal, but – there's times where he gets in the open field and it's like he now is looking just to punish anyone. And so he just starts lowering his head down and almost like kind of get like tackles himself. Yeah. If you if you put Hendon Hooker and definitely Josh Dobbs, and I paused it when he came around that edge and you get a back view of it, there's a one high safety and a guy from his left. I'm telling you right now, if you give Josh Dobbs that, there's about a 40 to 50% chance he's going to house call it. Yes. Because he is never thinking, I want to, like, truck somebody. Like, that dude is just like, I'm going and I'm running. And he's got that weird balance for a skinny, smaller guy. I mean, he's not smaller, but he's, he's more narrow. But when I pause that, and I, that's what I'm thinking about with this hypo offense, when you continue and we finally get somebody in mm-hmm. the backfield that's either just amazing with the ball in the air or either really good runner I mean, those are the things where he comes around that edge and it's him and one high safety, and he's got some guys trailing him, but I don't think a lot of those guys are going to catch him. And then you got the guys coming from the outside coming in, and it's just like 
it just looks weird like he's giving himself up and it's like I pause the TV I'm like yo you got 50 yards if you can just make this one safety miss so I want to bring that I think up the play of Joe is proof that every Alabama fan who said we had a gimmicky offense last year it's proof this isn't a gimmicky offense you can't just plug and play and it just works you got to have the right people in place like yeah. Hendon Hooker makes a difference the Dante throw was now this this was a great ball by by Joe it was he he had Ramel again. This is another one that he had the, the the post and the deep dig. So he he picked, he threw it to Dante. Dante one thousand percent has to catch that. One million kajillion bazillion has to catch that. And I think if he catches that, how big he is, I mean, he's going to fall and we're on the one or two yard line. And, yeah. and and then you continue with that momentum. And if you can get up there and go fast, that has us a better chance of scoring. But if you go back and look at it's uh, if you're watching, you got the safety here, you got Ramel right here, and he's coming. The only other person is that linebacker who's trying to get his depth to get there. So, I mean, a quarterback could have easily just tossed that bad boy right in the middle of the end zone, and Ramel could have run right under it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out because I felt like a lot of times in this game, you look up and it's like, wow, he could go here, there, there. The one that he missed to Jacob, he could have gone to three people, and we'll talk about it. Uh, third and three, it was a bully block by Sprags, and I know you mentioned it, how that was a really, really good run for Dylan turning his legs. Mm-hmm. That was another one of those, hey, it's third and three, but we're not going to make a big deal about it. We're not going to slow down. We're yeah. not going to bring a bunch of people in. Just, hey, let's keep everyone spread. Let's get up here kind of quick, hand it off. And like I said, it was a really, really good block. Yeah. Um, second goal, uh, we've already talked about is the hook and hold on Castle. I love the play design, and I love the play call. I thought it was great. I, th- I thought it's, it's perfect in that spot. They still think we're running the ball, that we're a running team. It's kind of a little play action. Castle gets that free release, and they literally just hold on to him. We don't get any kind of call, and it kind of just – that was our chance. Yeah. Uh, the very next play, he did this – Heupel did this all night uh, where we had the running back, H-back, split in, receiver really tight, and they did those little – combos with them we it's what we ended up scoring on with castle later but this is one where joe looks left his first read is the back and he stays on him the whole time and he doesn't come off of him and it's one of those where if you have a quarterback that is very very good about getting through his progressions and he sees it's not there castle comes open yeah he does uh, in, in 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 the back so that that's just an example like i said i'm not beating not meeting the thing about it is, is like you, you, you don't want to beat Joe up, but there is a simple fact that this play was called. He stared down his first read. He did not even think to go to his second, which was open in the end zone, and he missed his first read. He overthrew the ball, so it's like he was looking at the wrong thing, and he didn't execute when he needed to. So. I- yeah. What are you like? What do we ha- What are we supposed to say about that? Yeah. No, I know. I know. And my frustration was less with him because he did play much, much better uh, than he did the last week. I think I'm just to the point now where I'm pointing it out because it's, it's I, like people that I if I get on social media and people are like, you know, fire or, or like, I, I don't think it said fire hypo, but it was like, hey, like I'm not saying fire him, but maybe he should be on the hot seat, like. He can't win some of these bigger games for us on the road. Like, he is who he is. He's just a 10-win coach. I, 
I just automatically read that and assume that either you're trolling because I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that you're joking, or I just think that you're just a really big idiot and yeah. that that's it. So yeah. I, I just point these out. It's like, yo, I hypo whether you know, unless something drastically changes, I'm I'm good to roll with that guy for years on end. That that's just me though. Like I agree. Um, so kick a field goal. Next time we come out, uh, I can't remember if this was after the turnover. It might have been. Um, the next time we come out, we do uh, first play is just like a naked sprint out. And Squirrel does a great job. He's a flat guy and just turns up the sideline, and Joe is able to hit him. And it was um, good ball. Good, good ball, good catch. Yes, exactly. I thought that was great. Uh, this is where I started to notice a consistency – that wasn't a good thing in the offensive line. There oh, were a lot. Go ahead. Before you get there, uh, this was where they put a squirrel in as the H-back again, so they worked off that same formation. Yeah. We are running the ball, and I started to notice this throughout the game. Guys are not getting off onto linebackers. They are not paying attention to where those linebackers are going. There were a lot of plays that got stopped because our double team was great and together and driving the D tackle and no one followed where the linebacker was going. And that linebacker came scot-free and hit our running backs. And it started to become kind of consistent. Uh, do, you not think, the game. do you not think that's the teaching of Bama? They say, Hey, if you got a double team here, go ahead and grab buddy. Don't let him work up. That's that's taught, isn't it? Well, I mean, it can possibly be taught by Alabama, but I'm not talking about that. I can see that. When that happens, when a defensive lineman holds on to an offensive lineman, I can see it. Okay. That wasn't it. Okay, they just weren't working up. It was just guys getting weight, like not noticing the linebacker. Like you're taught as an offensive lineman, yeah, you're working this double team, but you got to have an eye on that backer. You got to know where he's at. Um, so it was just not having eyes on backers not getting off on time. They're like late to it, um, turning super late. And that uh, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how good your double team is if you just let a guy scot-free run and make a tackle on the, on the running back. That's not the guy that I talk about. Running back has one and he needs to make a miss. That's a nickel. That's a safety. That's who's the running back one guy, not the middle linebacker. A slashing like, middle linebacker coming in at an angle. Exactly. I, the O-line needs to pick them up, and it kept happening. It happened on one of the fourth and ones. It happened down towards, towards the goal line later on. It's, it's hey, this is this is why those plays are breaking down. So, um, then uh, this was after the fumble. So, we're gaining some yards. We're getting down close to the end zone. You mean the you mean the uh, interception? Uh, no, the fumble. I think this drive was after the uh, fumble. Oh, after James Pierce. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so that squirrel adjustment. Then I noticed some inconsistencies with offensive line trying to find linebackers, but we're close. We're down towards the end zone. There is the shot to Jacob Warren in the end zone that is missed, and. You look back at it, and Joe's feet are not even close to set. He's moving while he throws, and there's no pressure whatsoever. He, he did, Nobody's in his face, but yet his feet are not set. 
Um, and it's kind of like, ah, ah, like if Hinton Hooker's in there, it's a touchdown. Like, you know that as a fan watching, like you can see it. You've seen Hinton the way he plays. You've seen Joe in the way he plays. And if you just switch one guy and it, it and you can tell that that's going to be a difference, that's where the writing's on the wall with Joe. <laughs> Even though he played a great game. It's just still like you played a great game, 75% of it. The other 25% were bad decisions that really hurt us, that made it to where we couldn't score touchdowns, that made it to where drives stopped. So one of the fourth downs, he decided to take it himself. Like you were saying, I am him. I'm going to play this myself. That wasn't designed for him to run. It was a freaking shuffle pass to Jacob Warren. And he didn't do it. On which play? On one of the fourth and ones, the last one, it was not meant for Joe to just run the ball himself. That's why there was a free defensive end standing there right at Joe, and he had to make a miss because they were reading the defensive end. It was going to be a shovel pass underneath to Jacob Warren because Jacob was literally sitting there looking at Joe, like ready for the ball. Was this in the fourth quarter? Um, It was in the second half. I can't remember if it was – it was probably in the fourth quarter. Um, I might not. I think it was still a close game where we gave the ball back to him around the 50-yard line. Oh, I okay, 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 yeah, okay. Then maybe but I it see. was it 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 was not meant for Joe to keep that. They they purposely did not block the end man on the line of scrimmage, so that Joe could pull him in towards him and shuffle it to Jacob Warren. Jacob Warren could get the first down. It's the exact same play that we ran versus Alabama with Princeton fan, and we scored a two point conversion. So we try to do it again, and Joe fucks it up. He doesn't even look at Jacob. He decides I'm doing it myself which is not what you fucking need, which is what freaking Garantano's bitch ass did versus Alabama a few years ago. I'm taking it myself. I am the one to win the game. No, you're not. It's a team effort. What are we doing here? Yeah. Well, so the the one that you're talking about with, with Jacob, I just wanted to mention that it was the same type of concept. You know, he brings the wide receiver in real tight on a split. And it's a three man. It's a three man. Like it's almost like a bunch. But you got your H back. You got uh, your receiver and your running back. And looked like the running back was open very early. I don't know if he would have scored because it was short side of the field. Which short side of the field kind of frustrates me. Matter of fact, there was a quarterback run later where there's a short side of the field, which I didn't necessarily love. But um, I mean, Ramel's coming across on a slant, and he's open. Like I said, the back was open early, and Jacob's open. He, he just didn't execute. He just didn't execute. So, um, execution wasn't there. And who was the one that didn't execute? I mean, technically, Jacob. I mean, hit, that one hit Jacob's hands. I mean, he, I mean, that's a play. Like, if you're in Tuscaloosa, it's a big game. Like, you hope to make that catch. You hope to ball out and then help your guy out and make the catch. But I get it. Like it, it just I'm just to the point now where I'm just gonna say it just wasn't executed, but it wasn't because of the coach. I mean the coach designed something very pretty. Yeah. Uh let's keep working. Um it was the third and seven. I'll, I'll give credit to Joe on the third and seven. I thought he did a really nice job. I thought he tried to fight for extra yards and dive out. I thought he was there. Uh I know they reviewed it but they didn't measure it. I don't I don't know why that's the case. And then it's I don't love the call on the fourth down um that's the play okay so it, was, it was this one it was the first one 
that's so what, been a shovel pass to Jacob Warren. So that's why the guy was just wide, wide off. The, okay, okay. Yeah, that's why no one blocked him. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be reading him. Okay, okay. So, so anyways, because I watched that one, and I said I have here, like, I don't love the call, but I didn't hate the call. I Because I, the calls that I really hate is if we go under center – and turn around and do a handoff, or we're yeah. in shotgun and we do a handoff. At least I was like, "Hey, Joe got it. You get an extra blocker. He's big, and you don't have to take time to hand it off." So that's why I was like, "I don't hate it, but I don't mm-hmm. love it." And I was like, "Hey, at least Joe fought and made one guy miss and tried to lunge out." But now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, like I'm gonna go back and watch it after this. But I, I wondered why 13 came free, and I wondered why Jacob was behind the line. I was like, why didn't they let the H back come all the way across the block? But it makes sense now. Okay. Right? Like what, why the heck else would he be there? Because it's a waste of a space. If he's not yeah. blocking anybody, it's waste. Like Jacob's literally just staring at Joe, like ready for the ball. Yeah. The whole time. One of the best, this next offense drive is one of the best drives of the year. You got QB draw. Then you got pitch and catch a squirrel. Then you got the, the quick hit run for five yards by Jalen Um, then, then, you know, Ramel, uh, you know, he dropped, he had a drop, but then he comes back and Moss's buddy. Those are those catches, buddy. That Moss type catch is what I saw multiple times over the years going to practice in one-on-ones. And then we're always saying on here is why we believe in Ramel's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then you get your another little quick hitter run for four. And then it's, then it's third and three, uh, even box with the, with the running back edge guy, quick enough, uh, Joe, nice effort. So, that was one where he it was literally like a QB power, and he just bulldozed his way through. It makes me nervous because a lot of the times on the short yardage ones, the edge guys are the ones that like give credit to our offensive line over the you know past year or so with some of these short yardage ones that we do not get. Even back to Heupel's first year in the pit game, and Hendon Hooker handed it and didn't get it off the edge. I felt like if he kept it, he would have. I mean, he could have army crawled in, but. It, the offensive line usually gets a pretty good push. It's usually someone screaming off the edge that just makes it on the backside, which is usually not ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's usually the guy that you leave because it's such short yardage and you, all you need is a yard. Like, you yeah. usually just like, hey, he's not going to get into the play. But third, this, third, this, this third down call, to have capitalized this and score a touchdown going into half, I thought, was, I thought was awesome, awesome, awesome call. Awesome momentum. Once again, he works it again with the – he's got Chaz Nimrod in tight. He runs his back out. Castle runs out, you know, runs his route, and they bring Chaz in. It's like a, it's a pick play because Chaz is doing his thing where he's acting like he's trying to get through the traffic to run like a drag or whatever. Yep. And Castle's there. I'm going to tell you, that's a wide-open layup. That's a that's a nervous catch and because it's out a little bit. You're running. You know, he's not a receiver. Now, he's a tight end, so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you want them to catch it, but it's not score white catching that you know so very very much kudos to castle because those are the i'm telling you some of those catchers are the hardest ones compared to when you got two dudes draped all on you and honestly i think it was like a a a kind of a toss to castle more than it was a bullet because joe was off balance and someone's in his face and And i'm like yeah i thought it made it kind of arch i thought joe did a nice job on that play he saw it coming they brought it he's he 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 did a good job reverting back to 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 take away from the sack and and lofted it up. I thought it was one of his better plays. So yeah, I, I, did, uh, I did too. I, I liked it. The two plays before that, I did not like the decision to try and run the ball into an eight man box. I mean, they're, you're not going to win that. Like I don't I don't care who you are. You got six blockers. It, it's not going to work. 
Um, yeah, and the reason it's an eight-man box to explain that is because you're just the, – the field's condensed. You're in the red zone. So those safeties are not going to be, you know, 10, 12, 15 yards deep. That that back of the end zone is a, is a friend to them. And so it's, it's, it's almost like a stacked box even if they didn't want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't mind – I don't mind the run. I don't mind the run because it's it's still really hard to pass in that scenario as well because like I said because you do have this the back as the as the you have your sidelines in the back of the end zone as another defender so I'm fine with one run there I, mm-hmm. I, I get it that it's not likely to, to go well but I, I still don't I don't hate it because you don't want to just go three or four straight throws no so um so now that's I, all the first half yeah. Second half, our first drive is on the four-yard line because of the fair catch call. Um, and it's kind of like, what are we going to be able to do here? Uh, backed up. Just trying to run the ball. Uh, it, you know, second down didn't work on the screen. They ran the perfect defense to stop it. They ran a blitz <laughs> on the other side. So every defensive lineman slanted towards the screen. And the end man on the line backed up and started over the slot defender who was a you know dn linebacker hybrid so he's the perfect person to push jalen right out of the way and make a tackle like it just set up perfectly for him on that second down we run it on third to just try and get some yards get some space yeah as we're backed up so let me let me me say this so when the fair catch thing happened and i'm watching the game i said listen Shit happens. Like you got to bow up. Like we we got to we got to do something different here. And then I go back and rewatch it. I'm like, hey, it's obvious that really hurt us. But then I go back and I'm like, damn, that really really sucks. Because Kevin's still sitting there knowing, like, hey, it's about an 85 percent chance they're gonna throw it. Uh, I mean, they're gonna run it, and if they do throw it, it's probably gonna be at the line of scrimmage or behind it. And if you watch the very very first play the safety and linebacker push up hard to the line. And I don't think the safety was coming. I think the linebacker was coming on the blitz and the safety was replacing him. Mm. Joe saw it. He didn't audible out of it. And I don't know what the responsibilities and rules are there. I don't know if he's allowed to audible out of that or if Heibel's like just run it. It very much feels like you're going to run the ball first play no matter what to give some space. And I like it because we got three yards. Yeah. No, and and that's the thing. I'm just saying he saw it early to whether he can – he can he can audible out. I don't know those rules, but yeah, our guys still did a good job of getting it. The only other thing that I hated it was third and seven, and they were giving us some, some pretty good respect and cushion on the outside. Why on that third and seven? Can we not just try to run a hitch play? I, I mean, poor poor Jalen Wright ran his ass off and did his best to almost get there, um, compared to get you know getting stuffed to the line. But it's third and seven. Can we throw just a hitch and and just try it? Like I mean, I know you're backed up, but. I, I don't know. They're still giving you cushion. It's not like they're doing press man. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that was my only thing on that one. Um, the rest that I have for offense, the the first and 10 that we've already talked about where Joe panicked and uh, just ran in the back on his guys on read option. Uh, one thing that has to be mentioned is people want to talk about Caleb Webb. They gave him two opportunities in this game. They threw him a fade route in the end zone, and then they threw him a deep shot. Now, we know how we feel about Joe. I'm not saying that they were the best of throws, but 
you know, sometimes those are the best, those are the opportunities you get. They'll continue to probably give him some, but they are trying to give other people opportunities to go up and make plays. Here's also the thing is here's a disadvantage Tennessee has on the field that they cannot, they cannot do anything about. And they have a freshman in Caleb Webb going against Kool-Aid McKinstry, a junior who's going to be a first round draft pick. And it's like, We wanted our freshman to win one-on-one matchups versus Alabama's best DB. It's just he's a he's a sophomore. Well, whatever. He's really fucking good. <laughs> no, no, and Caleb Webb's a sophomore. Yeah, so it's it, I I just saw it as like this is kind of unfair. At, at, like he is a lot better DB than Caleb Webb is a wide receiver at this point. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there so that if fans are like, hey, why do we not see this guy? Why do we not see that guy? It's like, well, hey, you know, you know, you could ask somebody and be like, hey, why does Caleb Webb not play? And it's like, well, they gave him two deep shots. I mean, they gave him a fade route and they gave him a deep shot. So, I don't know. But anyways, that's yeah. all that I have for, for offense. Uh, um, then- remaining stuff I had on offense. Um, I thought – when Dylan Sampson was in there and they tried to run that fourth down, he should have followed Castles just right behind his butt. Um, Cause the outside linebacker, the linebacker came around the outside is the one who made the tackle. It's just like, if you follow Castles, you can get it. Um, let's see. Sack fumble by John Campbell. Um, that really is like patty cake. I, every time I've ever seen an offensive lineman try and punch and a defensive lineman gets hands on hands, it's a bad situation. <coughs> very bad. Now they can control where your hands go and knock them down very easily. So if somehow you high-five with the defensive lineman, you better pull your hands back and not let them have it. Um, so sack fumble. Let's see. More just linebackers being unblocked. Um Missing him. Uh, you know, we had a chance on a comeback throw on a third and 17 at Jacob Warren, and Joe missed him. Joe misses the throw. Uh, good out route to Squirrel, though. Good slant to Ramel on the next drive. Joe gains 15 on a quarterback draw. Um, we get a delay slash false start. This is all that drive, like trying to finish the game out, trying to actually score and come back. And it, if it wasn't a false start, it was going to be a delay of game. So we were going to get a penalty there no matter what. Um, then we have a little bit of breakdown. Uh, you know, Alabama's in a good defense. Joe tries to scramble and then throws it last minute to Squirrel. And the guy's all over him. I mean, he's draped on Squirrel. They don't call P.I. Um Dane false start backs us up again, uh, and a couple shots the end zone, and number thirteen grabs squirrel again while he's trying to do a corner route. Affects the way he's moving, grabs a hold of him, um, and that's all she wrote. Once we got the ball back, it was just dump off, so we couldn't really do much. Uh, the that's one thing that 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 people will try to do if they can get their hands on squirrel because of how small he is. You don't really have to hold him if you can, you know. If you can get a touch or grab one pull, anything, it's it's going to really alter him. Um, yeah, and, and that's what they're going to do to him because I think that's the only way people can try to stop him because he's just he's a fabulous player. Let's let's go defense. Um, 
I don't know if you want to jump right into plays or what you thought defensively. Um, let's just, I mean, let's jump into it. We can talk as yeah. we go. Um, you know, the first three drives were three plays. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was incredible by the defense. Um, I thought the second down run, this is like the first run for uh, Melro and Tamarian and Beasley make saving tackles, saving tackles uh, on that second down uh, to force a third, which was huge in that moment. Yeah. Um, Elijah shoots his gun on the third. This is, I mean, how many times have I said, quit being passive and waiting? Go. And he does it. And he gets there before the running back can get a yard. Um, so it was a great stop getting a punt. Uh, we come, you know, we get, they get the ball back again. It's a, you know, three or four yard gain second down Beasley fills the gap fast and makes a play right. At the line of scrimmage We're third and medium again, keeping them in third and medium and making Jalen Milrow make the plays. It, it, I mean, it, it was working for us. Um, then we have pressure in his face. We don't get there on the sack, but he makes a bad throw on third down because that pressure's in his face. Uh, and they get off the field again. Um, and then sack fumbles the next drive on third down. James Pierce just absolutely bodies buddy right into the back of Jalen, reaches around and hits that ball out. I mean, he's just freak, dude. I freaking love James Pierce. I, I have basically the exact same thing. I didn't have a ton of notes besides Eliza was splashing. You know, when you when – you, I remember a coach – told me or someone told me when they're uh they're talking about uh you know if you want to get noticed and you know you want to get recruited it's just like just be the fastest guy on this tape like you don't have to be the fastest person on the field but just play fast flash across have people always being like who's number who's that number six like who's that number 44 and elijah mm-hmm. was doing it obviously Aaron beasley does it and um yeah i i have those same i mean i have those same things kind of as a quick overview on this uh, or just a quick point on this defense. They did a really, really good job of just making the plays in the first half. And and I felt like I was watching 2019 Tennessee Titans versus Lamar Jackson again in the playoffs where Mike Vrabel and Dean Pease cooked it up perfectly. And mm-hmm. we ran a lot more zone. And I know the Titans probably did a little bit more man there, but it was very much of – like like try to keep Milrow in the pocket get 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 pressure him like make him beat you passing the ball yeah um and i just yeah i thought guys did a really good job trying to get after him and 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 making some tackles when they needed to and like i said third down was huge we got off the we got off the down on third down a lot and and they were in fa- i mean third and five is pretty favorable i mean it's not third and 12 yeah not third and, and and i think what really changed in in, in my opinion, when I watched it is, and I'm glad they talked about it. Uh, and the announcers talked about it, which, I mean, we know how bad Gary is. None of us like him and whatever, but Alabama plays that very much. Hey, we're going to hit you and try to reset the line of scrimmage by one or two. And then we're going to just play picket fence defense where, you know, we come up, we extend. And then if you go right, we shed and go right. If you go left, you go, but, but Tennessee is that more attacking style. So there are alleyways. It's, it's what Tennessee did to A&M um, defensively because A&M is going to attack and, you know, they got a guy that looks like he's getting great pressure. And the next thing you know is Jalen's running and he's, and he's leaving up alleyways. And so mm-hmm. I felt like in the second half, that was the difference. It's, Hey, we're going to do some of this. eye eye candy motion. 
which a lot of people have tried to do to us since Florida did to us, you know, A&M, South Carolina, now Bama does it. They just want those linebackers just a little bit, and they're going to hand it off right behind them, or they're going to read option. And that's where it was. A lot of times there looked like there was a lot of alleyways to run mm-hmm. because of our aggression. And so it's we've talked about it many times. If Omar Norman Lott's going to fire up or Bryce Neeson going to fire up, that that uh, that guard's going to say, okay, you want to go that way? I'm going to take you that way. Yeah. And you're and you're out of the play. And so it's a very feast or famine. Like, and 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 it's one thing I'm I'm you know slightly worried about with Kentucky is I, Kentucky likes to run the ball a and, lot. And for me, for me, if I was a defense coordinator, I'm very much picket fence defense, especially on weeks I'm going up against a run. I would probably do picket fence defense all the time unless it was very much a third long. And then I'm like, okay, now you guys can kind of cut it loose. But but hey. Tim Banks has had a really good defense, so I'm not saying what he's doing is wrong. It's just that's what happens in some of those long runs. That's what happened. They caught us in a – I'll go ahead and bring it up before we get to it. I mentioned it last pod, Kyler. We had Roman Harrison standing up on the edge. We had a gap in between the guard, and we had the three-piece combo on the left. And you had Aaron Beasley blitzing, and that's where that run right out of halftime came was right – and I was like, that's, you know, that, that's what you're going to ex- – I mean, that's asking Aaron Beasley to take a guard on and make the tackle in that gap at the same time. And Aaron Beasley went to the outside and the guy went right underneath it. So when you pause some of these pl- – when I pause the TV and see some of this, it's just – it's a recipe for disaster for really good runs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. It, it, it really is. Like, as an offensive lineman, I used to love it as a tackle when defensive ends are, like, shooting upfield on a run play. I'm like, go ahead, bud. Yeah. See you later. This is an inside yeah. run. You ain't you ain't getting the ball. Um, so as we go through it, James Pierce, the sack fumble. So we keep going. Um, the motions are kind of starting to slow down the linebackers. I think Elijah started kind of second guessing on some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was working. The last thing too, when I mentioned that Titans, how what they did to Lamar, it was very much of we're gonna play deep safeties. We're going to take away these shot plays, make him throw throw a dig or two, make him throw some out routes. And so there was multiple times where I thought it was great defense. Like, I have great D here. It's a second six. That's a very manageable down for an offensive coordinator. And we did great on the front and back end. We ran we ran zone on the back. Milrow doesn't let it go because he's not a very good quarterback. And so mm-hmm. then he's like, no one's open. And I think the one, this one, they actually did show, and we did a really good job on the back end. And so then – the, the defensive line and linebackers did a really good job of continuing to pursue, and he has to just chuck it out, of, you know, like literally like chuck it out of bounds. And I get that. If you you want to make him throw those digs and outs, and and really yeah. the, the the two deep digs were really the only ones. I think he had – he missed two out routes pretty bad or maybe even three, and then he had the one deep shot. So, but um, continue. I just want to say that. Yeah, so uh, just shouting out <laughs> a play where Elijah Simmons' helmet comes off. Like it obviously is taken off by the offensive lineman of Alabama, not called. Very odd. Um, Haddon's open field tackle on the running back screen, great, incredible. He finally wrapped up. He finally wrapped up. Um, That's the sign of good defense too, uh, because everyone stayed at home. Tennessee. I know you were fired the fuck up for this next play of Omar Norman Lot playing the read option perfectly. I, I mean, it was perfect. I couldn't believe perfect. That. I couldn't believe that they ran – like I was saying, the one before that where Kamal 
Tennessee's a good discipline defense. They really are. If you go back to some of these times where these people like South Carolina tried to do a double pass, they tried to do backside. I mean, Kamal's just chilling, bro. Like Kamal has nothing there, but he's still active. He's looking. He's like, okay, all right, here it comes. And he shoots his gun great, so makes a tackle. So that's a that's a that's a a play that shows fans like, hey, these guys these guys are coached up well and they're locked in and they're keeping their eyes for most mm-hmm. part in the right spot. But the next time, the fact that you have a read option on a defensive tackle and he eats it like that, eats it, dude, on a third on a third down, like that was incredible. Huge play, huge, huge play. Um, I think forces. A uh, punt or a field goal? Uh, no, I can't remember. It took him out of field goal range. It was a punt. That was it. Yep. So forced the punt. Um, then they're back out uh, to Marion, and you know they're they're going. There's I think there's a blatant holding on Barron as he's like trying to rush, but they don't get any gain out of it. The next play, to Marion and Gabe both miss a tackle on the running back after he bounces it outside he gets 10 yards it's like man like literally that that makes a difference that was like third and nine a guy got or second and nine a guy got 10 yards it was yeah. like you make that third and long it's a to- like totally different drive yeah um so it just stinks like sometimes guys miss the tackle um they try and run a backside screen joshua joseph's his long ass arms bats that ball away um which was great. And uh, this is where Kamal does his shoulder tackle on the sideline. And he's not the same the rest of the game. He's not. He he was ready to – there was another situation where he could have made the same tackle that I just gave him – that we just gave him praise for that he didn't. And he couldn't because his shoulder was so fucked up. Um, he missed. He whiffed later on in the game when we needed a stop. Um, so I think that really did kind of – take him out of it. Uh, I got Roman, Danico, and Beasley just fighting down the line, all three of them. Um, so, so, yeah, that's – so that's – it's a first and ten. And it's yeah. – I have – I didn't uh, – yeah. I mean, A.B., Roman, Nico, just bottling up, man. Just bottling up. It was – it was that was a super nice play to stop – to stop the, the – you know, the run or whatever. Just continued effort. Like Beasley like got blocked at first, but then got off the block, made the tackle. Danico missed it first, but got up off the ground, jumped in on the tackle. So it was great. And then great route, great throw, great catch for a touchdown to Trey Burton. Um, Yeah. Like he stopped at the perfect spot, came back. He really worked, um, gave Julie Lally on it. It was a good throw to the inside. He caught it with his hands while getting hit. It's like he made a good play. That that's tough for a defense to do. Um, I agree completely. I agree completely. I thought it was very well designed. Yeah, he kicks gave Judy Lally a little bit, but uh, we won't say anything. <laughs> um, Dude, that guy's such a punk ass. I know he's, he's such a bit like him getting just like fired, fired up when he gains twelve yards on an out route. I'm just like, dude, chill out. You're like you're not, you're not gonna be like a first round draft pick. Like no one thinks that you're an amazing, amazing player. Like I think that dude from South Carolina is a better wide receiver than you are. Yeah, he's just he's just a punk ass man. He yeah. it's all he is. Um, this next one, I was very impressed with uh, Wesley Walker fighting through the two blocks. Um, 
gay or oh i'm sorry i'm sorry this is the one where they did the touch pass and mm-hmm. they did the touch pass where the guy comes in motion it's they catch it and then they touch pass so it's actually an actual pass instead of a handoff they get a lot of yards on the first time the next time they do it wesley fights it gabe comes up what they both bounce it and the guy's super fast so he bounces back out but you know it's nice that when you see a play go for 10, 15, 20 yards, and then they try to bring it back maybe a possession or so later, and it goes for two or three. It's like, okay, that's yeah. what I like to see. It's yeah. there. Once again, they're locked in. They're noticing things. They're picking up on keys. They're playing things well. And uh, I thought Marion was getting held on that play. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was fighting through two. Yeah. You got nice coverage. You got very nice coverage by Nico. And then way to run to the ball, Tank. I mean, sometimes there's times where you know it's one-on-one. You're like, hey, my guy's there. He's got it. I'm not going to be able to get over the top as a safety but hey, run, run to the ball. Good things happen. So yeah, I mean that was great coverage by Danico. Great it was, coverage. It, it was fantastic. It was fantastic All over him. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. Yeah, Jalen just just getting over there in time and then making the interception. I mean that's like, okay, what has this defense done today? They they've caused two turnovers. They've got sacks. They they've gotten pressures, tackle for losses. Like they are playing out of their mind up to this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and ball doesn't lie, man. I texted it out. You know, they didn't they didn't want to um you know whether I like I said, I thought we got the third and short. I know the fourth and short wasn't there, but I thought they got third and short and you know, so uh defense bows their neck, man. That's what they've done for a couple of years now in spots where we needed them to. Um, uh, coming out of halftime, man. I I don't know if you have anything before halftime for uh, it was just I love that Tim Banks sent five when it was like prevent defense when we got a sack. Before yeah. <laughs> over there, one, one. It's like, okay, man, you want your one second, you might, you might lose your quarterback here because of bum ankle. But yeah, um, the long run is the one that we've already talked about, where they had the our guy Roman Harrison step on his standing up outside three mm-hmm. piece combo to the left. It mm-hmm. was just, uh, it's one of those things where you get caught in the uh, absolute wrong defense, and they called the absolute perfect play on offense for it. So that's a bummer. This is the first time all year, Kyler. This is the first time all year. It's the first time in a long time that we looked up as Tennessee fans and felt what other teams felt against us last year where you look up and you say, how the hell is that guy so wide open? And it was a really good stem and route by by the guys. And Tamarian falls down, and Wesley Walker does not have his eyes in the right spot. Yeah, well, that's what I was also wondering. When you looked at it, did it look like a cover three? Like Tamarian had deep third? No, so what it looked like to me was because that's what I was wondering. I was like, if to, so, if it is cover three and Tamarian is a deep man, right? Wesley's not thinking, oh, I need to cover for him. So as soon as he falls, there's no one there. But if it's Wesley and Jalen as two deep man and Tamarian's just back there, then it's totally different. So to me, when I pause it, it looked like it was cover four because if it's cover three, you're going to have one safety up, another one's going to drop down into the kind of the hook zone, you know, that little 10, 15-yard spot. Now maybe it was cover three and Wesley was supposed to, could come up and he didn't, so then it looks like he's in no man's land. Uh, Tank is playing depth, so, it, you know, based on what Tank's doing, there's two high safeties. Yeah. When I pause, when I pause it, there's two high safeties. I didn't, you know, so either two man under where you got everyone manned up, and then two deep. So I don't know. It, it looked like it was cover four or two man, but it just looks like Wesley just has his eyes in the wrong spot. And by the time he realizes what's up, 
he's they're even, and if you're even, they're leaving. And so, yeah. uh, you Which know. I, I just kind of thought it was that because Wesley is like very much in the center of the field. Like he's not over to that side. So it very much felt like, oh, Tamarian's supposed to have that side. And then I just think Tamarian had very bad technique. Like he was crossing his feet as, yeah. he, as he's backpedaling and guy yeah. switches. He tries to flip back and he falls. Um, yeah. And, and this is another thing too. And we'll, we'll get into this. And I've, I've thought Tamarian has had really good coverage. I mean, the two times he's gotten lost on in the A&M game, I mean, he's right there. He had really good coverage. And, you know, if he's our nickel, he's used to playing man coverage. Uh-huh. But on this one, they had no receiver on the other side. And so our true outside corners are Danico and Gabe Judy Alley and Kamal. Well, this one, and that's fine, the corner did not come. We do not change it where it's – Hey, you have no receiver, so Gabe, you come over here. Because there's some defenses they'll say, I want my true outside corners on outside receivers. And so, you know, Tamarian ends up where he's basically playing like an outside a corner. And there's a difference when you're playing corner inside and you're playing corner outside. There really is. Like, it's a whole different feeling of, hey, I've got something on the outside of me to now I'm – this is island. And, and yeah. you, you can get – undress quick and and that you know it's what happened so I, that's just another thing i thought which could be another part of why he didn't have good feet you know or whatever the case might be but and hey then, you know, um, on that was, same play baron is absolutely getting choke holded yeah uh, and they don't call it so i've got two alabama touchdowns with blatant holdings i don't know like i don't know i can't not mention the refs you know what i'm saying yeah yeah no i no i know but I, you know, it just that one was like the worst possible time to have your the first big breakdown like that in the passing game. It was just the worst time because this felt like here's just all the momentum. The crowd's getting into it. The Bama players are getting fired up. And it's we wanted to extend that intensity and that nervousness. And we didn't. We gave them we just kept handing them momentum, momentum, mm-hmm. momentum. Yeah. Um, let's we see. Play- Next um, time out, two false starts in a row by Omar. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. Watch the ball, man. Uh, this I'm telling you, these we played the option perfectly after that. I didn't write those yep. down. I, yep. I, I, I didn't write those down because everyone saw them. We played the option great. Um, Dominic Bailey, nice to force the bad pitch. When he when he when he threw it like that, I was like. Oh my gosh, like this and is was bobbling it. Yeah, I was I was, you know, but I'm gonna tell you what else. Dominic Bailey came up and Jalen Milrow saw it and was just gonna look go back upfield, but then he looks up and it's Elijah and Karat running down the line. So that's why he throws it like that, which was dumb. He should have just gone down, but he threw it, the guy caught it. But then I'm gonna tell you right now, Wesley Walker and Kamal came up and they shot their gun really, really awesome. Uh, to Marion fought through really, really well. I do think this is when Kamal's injury and it's playing him. It's like playing a part because he shoots his gun really well. But instead of taking the block on, he he spins, mm-hmm. and he's athletic enough to probably spin and, and they'll make a tackle. But you never want to give a receiver your back when and, and you don't know where the running the runner's going. But I was very impressed yeah. with Walker and Tamarian on that. How well they. Like I said, Tamarian fighting through blocks and Wesley coming from the safety spot. He came out like a rocket. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, you know, they held him to a field goal. 
Yeah, held him to a field goal. Great stop on that third. Um, just more uh, great uh, pursuit by Eason on, on one of those plays, just running down the line, making him throw it away. Um, yeah. Great catch by Burton. Ball's behind him. He jumps up in the air, catches it with his hands, gets a leg pulled and gets hit, and it's just like he made a really good play. Uh, backbreaker, too. That felt backbreaker. That was tough. Um, that yeah. was very tough. Uh, and then this is a touchdown uh, after Jalen Milrose. Great design run for him. Uh, I don't. I really don't think it was a read option. I think it was designed for him the whole way. They yeah. get close. I, they, they get close down to end zone, and uh, bad angle by Danico on on the outside, um, just trying to keep contained. But there's an obvious holding on Roman. I think Danico kind of gets blocked in the back as well. Alabama scores a touchdown again. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, that there's just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I really can't be like, Hey, this defense is awful and can't adjust in the second half. and doesn't know what they're doing because there's just blatant penalties like this that they can do nothing about. Uh, so let's see next time they're back out there. Uh, this is a great, great play by every defender. Um, Beasley takes on two guys as they pitch the outside on third down. And Kamal whiffs, and I think it's because his shoulder. Yeah. And he's just, I can't make this tackle right now. Um, I'm going to do everything I can and dive at his legs, and that's just not enough. Uh, so they, uh, let's see, there's a safety blitz by Wesley Walker into a read option. It's literally a perfect defensive call. And Wesley, some for some reason, heads inside uh, and kind of gives a lane to Milrow. As he goes on the outside, he gets a first down. Um, third and long, Milrow takes off for a first. That's kind of – you're kind of in a tough spot there. I'm watching it right now, third and ten. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean – that was kind of the epitome of uh, the game and the fact of like, oh, I'll, 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 yeah, continue, continue. Yeah. It's just a back, it's a backbreaker, but I'll, I'll, I'll that'll be part of my finish. Mm-hmm. Um, Beasley uh, has just a great block shed and tackle uh, on the running back right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they run the ball again. It bounces to the outside, and Brandon Turnage is just at a waste of space. Like he did nothing on that play. He's, he's supposed to be contained, man. and just kind of sits there feet in the feet in the dirt and guy just bounces it outside of him. Um, let's see. And then rest call holding I on Judy Lally. The, I just saw the play where you're talking about what Beasley comes up. Dude, it's just absolutely incredible. sticks, sticks him right. Nice low, uh, right. In wrap up. Um, and this is the drive and we're got to that point where they call the holding on Judy Lally. And it's just, it's just a, it's a back, it's a backbreaker. There's, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. We can play great defense and they're still going to get a first down. Yeah. Um, and it's it just what stinks is sitting here and rewatching it and hearing you talk about it. I mean, it's a four point game with in the fourth quarter and, you know, we give up the third and 10 run and then that one. And it's just, I mean, we literally get the ball back with plenty of time. And I don't know about you, but just for me, it was just like, 
it was very, I was very deflated and it's, and I don't know if the team felt that way. I don't know if other fans felt that way, but it's, you know, we're fighting an uphill battle. We're not playing our best ball right now. The defense is doing everything to scrape and crawl and, you know, get off the field and hold them to field goals. But it just still felt like everything about was, was red. Everything about it was, it was crimson red, whether just all the momentum, the whole mojo, like everything. I don't know, but that, that was just me. Yeah, um, we force him into a field goal. Uh, Joshua Joseph gets a sack. He's unblocked, yeah. so we force yeah. him into a field goal. Then the next time they score is the strip sack. This this is where this is where you know as a fan you're like, hey, Reed, shut up. But like, I see Joshua Joseph come on and or come off the edge. I'm like, oh crap, he gets there, he makes a sack, so it's a great play. But I'm like, go for the ball, like go for the ball, and it's just like, come on, Reed, like yeah. you know, it's. It, it's like I want him to go around and strip it and stuff. Yeah. It's just that that's just us being fans wanting to win so bad. And it's just not realistic. Exactly. Um, so then they score again with the sack fumble. So we go back on offense. It's a long drive. And it's very much, hey, we need to stop them on defense to get this ball back. And on the very first play, there is a, a face mask on Brandon Turnage that they don't call. But the defense still bows their necks. I got Joshua, Arian, and Nico fighting through blocks to make a tackle. Um, and Danico just shooting his gun and saving a first down. And they force him to punt exactly what we needed in that moment. So it's like, in no way am I looking at this defense as like, oh, these guys played bad today. Like they oh, did what they needed to do. Yeah. And they gave us good spots, and we put them in bad spots, and yeah. they still were able to step up. I, um, I completely agree, Kyler. I completely agree. I don't. I mean, it wasn't their best game, but it they, they definitely weren't the reason that we lost. No, definitely not. Uh, and hold their water on fourth down, give the ball back to us with a minute and thirty left, and we're not able to do anything with it. And that's pretty much the game. Uh, super disappointing. I thought we really did have a chance. Um, I think there's a lot of factors, including refs, into the reason that we didn't win. Uh, but, uh, hey, SEC gauntlet continues. We have to move on to Kentucky um, and figure out what we're going to do versus that running attack. I'm uh, sure. And figure out something on offense. Can't be so inconsistent. I'm shaking my head, bro, because I am terrified of this week. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say it. You know, my my mental state, uh, or my mental how I'm looking at this game is when I sit down to watch this game, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be nervous. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we're ten point underdog uh, going into Alabama. Yeah. We, we've struggled. It's it's Bama. Like we're gonna have to play really, really well, and we we started off well, and so I didn't I didn't get my hopes up, but I was like, okay, this is nice. Like. You know, I was excited, but I knew that Bama would fight back. But I am nervous, man. Kentucky's been off. You know, they're getting healthy. They they did collapse against Missouri. So the last time they were out, it was a brutal loss. But he, he probably kicked their ass, and they had a, probably a pretty rough week. They've been watching a ton of film on us. Stoops has had his years of having some good defensive schemes, good offensive schemes. And, yeah, like this is um, – at the beginning of the year, this is the game I was worried about because they had a bye. And we were going from Texas A&M to Bama to them. Yeah. And it's away. This is a 
this is a check your manhood game. It, it really, really is because of not only is it check your manhood as a physicality because they're going to be physical and you're going to have to be physical for another four quarters, but this is also mentally of we lost, we've got to reset, we have to have a good week of preparation because they are definitely going to, but it's also you have to execute. Like Kentucky could somewhat get ugly if we do not execute offensively. Our defense will play good enough to keep us in the game, but I don't want to be sitting here and it's the fourth quarter and our offense has been puttering all game and we've maybe only got, you know, 10 to 13 points and the damn defense has been out there bowing their necks because at yeah. some point it's going to wear on them that it's it's been three physical weeks in a row. They've been playing a lot of defense. It, the offense has to execute and help the defense out this week. It has to. Uh, especially with Kentucky, they're going to try and have long, long, long drives. So offense can't just be getting off the field three and outs. No. And, and, and have it. And if you want to know why Tennessee lost this Alabama game, and, and I know you said the refs played a part in it, that's not the reason that we lost the game. I mean, we didn't execute well enough on, on offense. And defensively, I thought some of the play calls and the – that what they decided to do out of half was, was good. Alabama executed it well. They did run the ball well. I thought there were times where some of our D-line got pushed around a little bit, which I've not seen yet this year. Mm-hmm. And third down and getting off the field was, was somewhat different. I mean, like I said, I'm not beating up on the defense because they did hold them to some field goals, but it really was momentum and execution. In, in my yeah. opinion, why what what happened in that second half? That those are the two, those are the two things I point to, and so learn from them and reset. But we're going to learn a lot about this Tennessee team based on how they go and play Kentucky. If if we had Kentucky at home, I'd feel a hell of a lot better. But going up there as a night game, I'm I'm nervous as could be. Yeah, I really want to see what this team is made of. I mean, yeah. writing's on the wall for what the season is going to be right now, but. How are you going to fight? That's what we want. I think. I, I think it's still an awesome opportunity for a year. Per- personally, I do. Yeah. I, you 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 blasted South Carolina at home. You got a nice one against A and M. It was a fourth quarter game against Bama, and then you you kind of showed yourself like we can easily play with them easily. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if we go play Alabama, I'm just saying like hypothetically, if we went and played Alabama in the SEC championship or a neutral field, that game's a lot different in in my opinion. As long as we we halfway execute, but you go and you beat uh, Kentucky at Kentucky, nice, nice win. Missouri's playing a hell of a lot better, but if you take care of those, everything that you want is still in front of you with that Georgia game at home. Now, I know that they would need to lose one. I personally see I, – I mean, I'm not saying that Florida's going to beat them, but Florida's going to come and punch them in the mouth this week, and they'll give them someone in a game. Not having Brock Bowers is brutal for them, but, like, there's still a lot of season left is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. All right, man. Hey, brother. Pod, let's bounce back. That's it. Talk to you, brother. Bye. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. Uh, if you are listening, rate and review, download and re-download. Follow us on all those listening platforms. Also, follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Reed, is at rbacon26 on Twitter for him. 
And then mine is just at Kyler Curveson on all social media. So check me out there. And uh, really appreciate you guys. Um, you're the reason this thing keeps going. So as always, go Vols.